0: All right, hey, everybody, and welcome to the EU Euphoria podcast. Think podcast about all things EULCS. As always, we're going to be doing overhyped and underrated EULCS power rankings. Some quick shots, and our topics of the day are the state of the league and unicorns of love. Before we get into this week's episode, just a reminder that we are not only on YouTube, we are now also on SoundCloud, and we're working on iTunes and Spotify as I speak. So keep an eye out there to listen for us. Soon, you'll be able to find us on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Until then, enjoy this episode. I'm your host, Ian Dracos, joined by Martin Fischio Lunga and our special guest, UOL's jungler, Cold.
1: The one and only.
2: The one and only, formerly known as Trashy, for those of you who Far have... Far superior name, by the way. First question in this podcast <laughs> needs to be, why on earth would you change the name away from Trashy? I
1: mean, as much as I also liked the name in the past, I really wanted to get some more professional names. So it's the boring, that's a boring answer. I wanted a more professional name and... um the 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 name kind of when you start playing poorly then the the name kind of starts <laughs> showcasing your 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 play right All so right, yeah, yeah. yeah I think it was uh, it was about time to try something new mm, so that's fair. I'm I'm like super happy about my name now and looking into the future that's what I this is what I wanted so for me it was was like that, even though it's might be a little boring too. It's a little yeah. less,
0: uh, a <laughs> little less spicy. Cold also good, that leads to a lot of puns. Now, one thing I don't think people realize is like, how long you have been around in competitive mm-hmm. League of Legends. Like, when people list veterans, I don't think they immediately list you. And I mean, they probably should, because I mean, you've been in Challenger, you've played an NA Challenger and qualified into NA, you've
1: then played an EU Challenger and qualified to EU. I mean, you've been around forever, Cold. Yeah, I'm an old man at this point, it, especially. I mean, every team I join, I'm just the oldest, and I just don't <laughs> understand why. Oh, <Well>, you're <laughs> but, like 22 or something. Yeah, I'm like 22. <laughs> like, like, what? Oh. I, guess in, I
2: guess in League Esports, that's a
1: lot, but yeah. I mean, t- on teams around, it's I'm I'm always the oldest, as I said. So um, I think the, the generally the people are just rather young. Uh, I, that's what I t- I say at mm. least, like. You know, this man has also tried
2: almost everything. Like, he's gotten relegated in North America. Ooh. There you he, go. He's <laughs> obviously been on a team that has been... Narrowly avoided relegation in yeah, the EU. almost relegated in Europe. Uh, did, of course, avoid it. He's gone to Worlds, mm-hmm. which is again, like relegated in NA to go to Worlds is not something we see very often. Um, he's now... What else have you done that's special? Give me something
1: special you have done. I played in the EU final. That's you true, you've in the EU final, that's pretty cool. In Krakow, yeah. Yeah,
2: that was nice. And now you're part of the Unicorns of Love, which, yeah.
1: uh, again... I mean, I so um, initially when I played at Splice, uh, the first first year... Uh, we were joking a lot about that I could be the first player to relegate really in NA and in EU. Oh, yeah. And th- that, Sadly, was little, that, was, that was a little <laughs> Dang, spicy. Dang, man, but. <laughs> that career would, you could have had, No one
0: else would have been able to say that. You yeah. could have
1: been unique. That would have been the greatest resume filler of all yeah. time. That would have been my thing, you know. But And then we just didn't do it, um, which is rather sad, like, <laughs> this, <laughs> this was my time, you know. <laughs> like, Darn. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Why were you just? Why are you able just barely to get seventh, man? And no yeah.
1: relegation in spring now, so. So I can't even do it anymore. Like, it's just rough. Honestly, riot, please.
0: How how is bring cold? it back for trash? <laughs> how is cold for cold? <laughs> it's sorry.
1: supposed to get out. But yeah, I mean, for me, it's. I feel like a, a kind of like a veteran kind of guy because I've been been through everything. Um, one thing I really wanna want to do uh, in my career though is to win something. That is something that uh, I haven't yes. really, really um, well, got the feeling of. You know, like everyone is like, that's the greatest thing ever to like lift the trophy or uh, stuff like this. But right now, as as the standing that's pretty far away. But, but it's it's like it's a goal I have in 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 the future. Picture
0: the miracle storyline of you going from one five to finals
1: and winning finals. Everything in is possible. As everything is oh yeah, everything is possible. Um, we we are still uh, at a state where we we need to get a lot better to get get there. Obviously, yeah. but I'm, I'm, everything I'm can hu- happen.
0: Humor me, though. Walk with me. I mean, like, how important is it? Would be is Denmark as like as like a place to go? I know you talked a little bit about it in the interview that went up on on EU Law Esports. Mm-hmm. But like, as two Danes, I'm the odd. I'm kind of the odd man out here as an American. Like. Talk to me about like the the prestige of, of Denmark. Like what is what does this actually mean? Is this super hype for you, or are you just like, meh, another, another trip?
2: <laughs> I, I'm personally really, really hyped about going to Copenhagen. I feel like we should have probably gone there like a few years ago already, because Denmark and League of Legends esports, Denmark and like Counter-Strike and these kind of things, it's huge. You know, we have so many pro players, we have so many fans who love playing these games. And for me, it was just a matter of time before we actually did get to go to Copenhagen. Uh, I'm really happy we get to do this display where there still are seven Danes in the LCS. Uh, hopefully, a bunch of them will make the final. Uh, I mean, cold as a spot on the analyst desk for you as well. Oh, uh, so on. you will be there. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Too soon. Too soon. Uh, <laughs> a little cruel there, but I mean, it's not like you're. I don't think we're ever gonna run out of Danes. It does feel like
2: a. I mean, NA is trying to take a lot of them.
1: Yeah, it's it's a bit rough. To just bring up a point about it, like for me, it's it's really cool because in Denmark, usually um, there's like a lot of hype about CSGO and there mm-hmm. has been events in, C- in CSGO in Denmark where it just exploded like all over yeah. the news and um, League of Legends hasn't really gotten the same kind of view on esports. It's more like people are just esports and then they're talking CSGO yep. in Denmark. But now League of Legends is actually coming. So this, for me, this is just... Um, super exciting because League of Legends should have just as much um, place in, in, in the news in Denmark. So f- I think for both media officials it's just a huge step in in Denmark specifically.
2: I'm already I'm, I'm looking for a full Danish flag suit. That I can wear for some of it. Uh, it is not easy to find, but I will definitely find it. Uh, How,
0: question, because I pitched this to my producers already.
2: How will the crowd react if Martin comes
0: out in a Danish flag suit? And I go, it's cool, Martin, I got one too. And I stand up in a Swedish flag.
1: I, I, <laughs> I would love to see that. I would, really, I would love to see the
2: reaction as well. Um, I'm not sure if they would attack you on the Costa Desk or not, but they would probably boo at you. Yeah. Definitely. Well, we might
1: find out. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, they might as well like you. Like, they, I mean, it's at this of point, of funny. It's 50 right? yeah. 50. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> think, I think I like you think should I think try <laughs> It's probably your best bet. Just go with the flow.
2: And then learn some Danish <laughs> phrases like roll, flu, and, <laughs> like <laughs> and that kind <laughs> of stuff. Like I don't know what that means. Try and say it. No. One try. Grow my flu? Yeah. It's like some weird wordplay, I guess we
1: are. Okay. We might right. as well go into like a Danish podcast at this point. So I
2: mean, we are technically 66% Danish here on this podcast right now, so we do kind of win.
1: I'm going to ask questions in English, and
0: you guys can speak in Danish for the rest of the podcast. There we go. This is the Danish episode of Euphoria. <laughs> I like it. Now it is time for overhyped or underrated. This week we're going to be doing jungle champions, as we have invited a jungler on. And uh, as is the new precedent, I will go first since I feel the most likely to be flamed in the majority of these segments. I'm going underrated again. Boring. No, it's time. time. I'm appreciating things that you're, you're so negative, right? You always want to shut people down. I'm trying to bring somebody up and a champion that is very close to my heart. I'm going to say Kane is underrated. I think in a meta full of tank junglers where no one is doing anything in the early game, Kane can farm up. He gets one fight, turns into Rost. As we saw when Cold got it, on Unicorns of Love, and you basically solo win a fight for your team. Now, Wait, well, what did you do after he got rasped in <laughs> that uh, game? Okay, the team was already really far behind and it fell But if they were even, I firmly believe that he would have snowballed it, brought it home, and just absolutely crushed that game because Rost is super OP. Shadow Assassin is a joke for competitive, it's absolutely a trap since they nerfed the, the Deathfire touch and Midlane thing. But Rost is insane, and I think the champion probably has a p- spot in the meta. Not when there's carry junglers, but in a meta where tank junglers just want to farm up and can't always be super active early game, I think it's spot on for Kane.
1: I mean, I, I guess I have to kind of follow up with that since I'm the only one who played <laughs> it this bit. Uh, but, so, Kane for me is like a super weird champion. Because um, before you get the upgrade, you're just like, you're legit just a bot that walks around <laughs> trying to get your stacks. And then hopefully <laughs> your team starts lifting the game before you get the upgrade. So... <laughs> Um I can see definitely your point about like sure you're you're not tank junglers are just farming up and then eventually you're playing against two tanks and you you do a lot of um peeling with your W and you do a lot of damage to the tanks but uh, I think this champion is usually just a trap. Uh, I only picked it honestly because I had nothing else to pick <laughs> that could actually win us the game. <laughs> That's uh, not
0: what I wanted to hear. You wanted to tell me it was the best
2: champ <laughs> in the moment.
1: Actually, um, it was the right I mean, choice. It, it was the best champion in the moment for sure. Uh, they tailored
2: the entire draft just for the cane pick uh, at the end. Yes.
1: Uh, we had a slightly different idea of how we wanted to end up in the draft. That didn't happen. So um, that that kind of um, made me have the force to play play Kane here but um as a champion i don't really want to recommend it too much uh, honestly because the ramp of time, time up on the champion is just too long look just and
0: because he's 50% of a champion before his transformation you have to remember he's 120% of a champion so you just made that number that's the I'm part. i'm making up random things you just things. said yeah he's
2: 1.2
0: of a champion I mean, when he gets rest well let's let's see try cuz this is my frequent argument for kane so what on that exact subject, Cold, mm-hmm. do you feel like he's better than most champions once he has transformed? Do you feel like he offers definitely, more? Definitely, definitely. Like,
1: for I is think, he
2: then the best jungler?
1: Um, I would probably, I would probably rate him like as on the same level as like a champ like Sec in terms of scaling. Um, but it takes a lot of execution on it, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a lot about setting it up. Like you need. You initially want someone to force a fight and then you can follow up as a cane. where second sec is just jumping in you know mm-hmm. and forcing yep. fights yep. so it's a bit different but the power of, of kane is that it's just so obnoxious like when you get the rest form you 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 can buy so much time in a team fight because of your your kit and that's the annoying part of the, about the champion so I've def- definitely played my my uh, my games against Kane where he just gets fed and gets deformed. Mm-hmm. And you can't kill him. So it's that way it's super annoying but um <sighs> I always used to say if you play perfect against Kane then this champion is useless. Okay, see. Damn.
2: Not underrated.
1: Not. Yeah, I was hoping
0: for a little more support by the I, only, I was like this is the I, one episode where I can bring up Kane and <laughs> not get flamed cuz someone in this podcast has played Kane in a competitive
1: match. I do think though like um this champion definitely has a place. Uh, that you can play it, uh, especially because the teams in Europe are not playing perfect at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of mistakes, and suddenly you just get your form, and then you can start winning team yeah. fights. And then <laughs> that was supposed to happen uh-huh. in our game. Uh, we were slightly behind.
2: So last very small thing on Kane. What is the dream comp for a Kane? Like if I'm a viewer mm-hmm. and I'm watching a pick and ban phase, when am I supposed to go? Kane would be great here.
1: So. First, you need to look at how do you want to execute Kane. Usually you want to have a pushing lanes, and you want to have the ability to invade the enemy jungler. And kind of just making the enemy jungler as useless as you are in the early stages until you get your form. And so mid-push is like essential for kane mm-hmm. If you don't have mid-push, then I would not recommend playing this champion. Um, and then generally you just want to have... So kane is actually quite flexible in the mid-game when you get the form because... You have two options. You can either kill people on side lane, or you can teamfight. And both, actually, Kane is quite strong at. So, when you get the upgrade, this champ is, is super good, but before this, uh, it's kind of hard.
2: Alright, gotta get the pushing lanes. Pushing lanes. Alright, fine. Slightly underrated, then.
0: Alright, I'll take that. It's better than the last two that I've gotten. Although, I will say underrated giants, and now they're in second, tied with Misfits. So, I don't feel like I'm doing too no, bad, no, but Deficio. Uh, we'll let we'll let you go because I know <clears throat> I guessed yours because you did because you said it. overrated Actually. and there are three jungle champions right
1: now. So. I think I think I should start off. Okay, I have like Ooh. a special edition. Okay, okay. So mine is overhyped, but it's specifically only ha- overhyped by the official. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, lay it and, uh, on me. Is so it anyone, Garen
0: Jungle? Is it Tom Kench? Because that's not <laughs> a jungler.
1: So I assume that if anyone watched the broadcast so far, the uh, fisher is very happy about Sidjuani. Yes, um, and I think, especially the Fisher's is overhyping the champion a little <laughs> bit. The oh. overhypes overhyped Cidrani. I love the myself spe- and the s- Koreans. Specific yes. call out to you. I have LCK on my
2: side. Go ahead.
1: So. Um, <laughs> Sejuani as a champion, I think, is probably the the best tank jungler in the early game together with um, Javan. And the problem with Sidjuani though, in the current meta is that there is this great spell called Spellbook, <laughs> where suddenly your AD carry has cleanse in the mid game. Yeah. And not only your, your your AD carry has cleanse, but apparently your mid lane also has cleanse. So um, what you want to do with Sidjuani is you want to look for people that doesn't really have... QSS or cleanse, um, but it's kind of hard if everyone, every carry on the enemy team has a cleanse, then the champion becomes not as relevant as other tank junglers like Javan or Sek that doesn't actually need to mm-hmm. have like a specific ult that they, they, they can provide with their, their stuff without enemy team having cleanse or QSS. So yeah, I think Sejuani is mm. uh, a strong champion. But so, it's not... Not S tier. It, I mean, at this point, people are just playing tank junglers and hoping that the carriers will carry them at this point. Uh, but um, for Cedroani specifically, um, if the enemy team can provide with with, with cleanse and cures, then the champion mm. doesn't provide as much as the other tanks. So that's so, why...
0: Is that why you're avoiding this champion, like the plague? Why you're just like never gonna play her? I'm yeah, gonna play the ring guard. you have definitely <laughs>
2: listening to the pick and ban faces I casted with you guys and week three. Where you guys didn't pick Siduani So
1: I- don't get me wrong. I think the champion is like the champion is good, but um there's counterplay to okay. it, and spellbook kind of makes it so that uh, it's harder to execute the
2: champion. Hmm. I mean, I think that is like that's fair. Like that is fair. I just mm. I feel like the jungle pool is just. It's not very. I'm not very impressed with the current jungle pool. I feel like you need something ideally in this meta that can teamfight in the late game. And yeah, Kane, okay, I guess, it could be one of them. You can't but, see, like, but I'm just staring also, at Martin right now. You also need something still that does have an early game. And Sedwani's early game and like Javan's, Jax, these kind of junglers, like they can bring something early game. But I actually, like, I, I, it is true with the cleanse thing.
1: I mean, I think for for Sidjuani, you at, at the point where people are playing with Spubuk, you kind of need to do a lot more in the early game that you used to. Mm-hmm. So you actually need to take charge in the early game as a as a tank to kind of put your team uh, put your team ahead. So it's it can be it can be tough, especially if you're playing like the Sidjuani Javan matchup where you're not supposed to get early lead and then uh, Javan gets a lead and and your carries end up. Having having cleanse and then what are you actually gonna do? Then you just ulti the front line and hope your carries will will do more. But uh, it's definitely a, an exciting topic about like the meta and, mm-hmm. and overall uh, just a lot of tanks um, in the jungle, which for me is 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 fine. Uh, but I would like I would like it to be more diverse. I agree. I think that you've shown some innovation. There's been one or two picks that have been kind of interesting,
0: but for the most part, it does feel like outside of the uh, repeated Cossacks picks in the early weeks by Pride. Uh, everyone just wants to play the same thing. Yeah. Like Zach, uh, I am meant to show the, the Jacks. We saw a little bit of Camille, but I do still feel like the jungle pool has a ton of room for innovation.
2: Also, I will say 100% presence as the only champion in LCK, Sijuani. I mean, I, I, I mean the
0: thing is, you're not making an argument. You're just saying the you're you're just as bad I'm as like when a team saying, goes, "Oh my God, look, Korea did it. We should do it too." Like, what's your actual what's your counter argument?
2: my I, <laughs> my counter argument is uh, Korea did it, and they usually win things, so they in, must be right. <laughs> in the current jungle meta, I still think Sidwani is the strongest pick possible. I, I agree that Sidwani is still I, up there. I think she has she definitely brings value in the early game. I do agree for late game against multiple cleanses that can be tough, but then she might have to not be the main engage on your team because her ulti then gets cleansed out. Still in the team fight, with the fact she has a stun after that and she's extremely tanky, there is a lot of value she can still bring where I think certain other junglers are like one shot and when that shot is gone, they're completely useless. All right, yeah. Which leads me to my overhype. Yeah, page. okay, yeah, let's go. What you, Wait, you don't have underrated? You're complaining about the jungle meta being stale and you won't even introduce something new? Okay, so actually I thought about we doing underrated and I was going to do jacks, Um because I really hope we see more of him, but instead I want to follow his overhyped kind of thing. I don't blame it on the guest. Let's uh, go. Let's go. Let's go. Who's overhyped? I'm going. Javan is overhyped at the moment. Um, I think with Javan, first of all, I think a lot of the early game junglers can actually win one v one against him. Like I want to see things like Jax picked a lot more uh, against, like a Javan specifically, and in team fights against late game scaling comps. Most of the Javan games I see in Europe ends up with the Javan EQs forward, holds onto the back line, and then he flashes out or he just dies. It's very fun. It's, uh, yeah, playing (laughs) Javan late game is obviously super fun because you (laughs) legit just go in, you use your ult and you die. You're just a shotgun. Like, once that one shot is done, like, that's it. Um, I obviously understand the, the use of him and, like, if you can catch an AD carry without a flash in the Javan ult and your team can follow up, like, that kind of stuff is great, but... Most of the time, there's a ton of disengage. There's a Brawl more time Kenshin Kench and the other team. Uh, there's an Azir who just holds you back after you have ulted in, and then you get knocked out. Like after. You have the little wall around him, but then you can't really do much more. Uh, I just think there's too much counterplay for Javan in the late game, where I often feel like he ends up getting outscaled by the bigger tank junglers uh, in terms of usefulness in the actual team fight. So I would love to see... Slightly less Javan, and then I want to see more introduction of picks like Jax uh, be used more uh, in the current meta.
1: So counter argument: What what would Jax provide in a late game team fight that Javan doesn't provide?
2: Well, one thing Jax can provide is that you don't have to just run into the first team fight you see. He can actually go to a side lane, and then if he goes twenty four Sterics, like we have seen a few times, he applies a ton of side lane pressure. So it becomes less about just pure five on five team fighting. Uh, and more about actually having map pressure. And I also think, while I obviously like Jarvin Old a lot for team fights, like Jax jumping in and landing an, an actual stun and not just a wall around an ADK who then shoots you three times in the face and you're dead, is valuable CC. Sadly for Jax after that, he probably doesn't get a lot of autos off because he has to get out again and he dies. But I, I like I like the early game of Jax. I think the sideline and pressure he can provide is really good. And in general, I... I'm not saying Jack should be picked every game, and Javon should never be picked. I just think Jarvin is—he's picked very often as just the kind of go-to pick uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of teams. And then I—I I often feel like the value from what we're getting from the Jarvin is not high enough for being picked this early in the draft as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's—it's it's always the discussion of like, if you blind pick something, then you—you you want to kind of get the a champion that can go against anything, and you—you yeah. you will be fine. And that's, that's where, like, Javan can always be fine. But it's, uh, I think, it's just a, it's just about execution, honestly. Like, obviously a Jax can go into a, a teamfight with four items and just demolish the enemy AD carry where Javan is a full tank and you just jump in and you just die. You have an <laughs> enemy team has a Kog'Maw and you just start pressing W and then after three seconds you're dead. So it's it's kind of rough. And it's just, honestly, just a, it's just the tank life. Like, you need to... You need to make sure that when you when you go in, oh, a lot of times what I see from from Javan players is that they, they jump in, and then they just die, um, without actually that their, their carries doing damage in the meantime. Where you need to play a lot more patient. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's,
2: maybe it's execution.
1: It's, I think it's I think it's a lot about execution, and I think Jax is very hard to execute. Um, we even saw it in the in the Misfits game mm-hmm. uh, where Maxlow was super far ahead on, on Jax, but he couldn't actually do anything because they just got outskilled and the, uh, the enemy AD carries were just outranging him and he couldn't do anything. So um, I think jungle meta right now is just, you're not supposed, you, you shouldn't look at it like, all oh, the junglers need to be doing so much in the later stages of the game because uh, right now it's just about, honestly, in the middle late game, it's all about the carries, how they play. And you're you're just supposed to set them up rather than like looking at jungler and say so like nice. this, this, Javan, nice this Javan should carry the game by himself in the mid late game. Like it's not that's not how the game is supposed to be right now. Like it's more about just setting up your, your carries for success. I, mean,
0: I, I understand and then to me, I just think to wrap this up, is it fair to say that right now jungle meta is just pick something that's safe, pick something that fits the role? and that you don't have to do anything special to play around, but it will just occupy this role of being a tank, being an initiator, and not being really worried about anything else. I,
1: I mean, the, it's not... It's not. It sounds easy, like you're just You're just a tank. You stand in the front line and you soak damage. But honestly, it's actually quite hard. Oh, you, yeah. you, you definitely need to all the time look at... Not only you need to look at where the enemy team is positioned, but you also need to look at your own carries. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. if I go in here, does my carries do damage or not? Uh, or, and if... If I don't go in here, can they you need to create space for them? So it's it's actually being being on tank duty is not as easy as, as it sounds.
2: I did notice, however, when uh watching both LPL and LCK how some of their junglers are using like things like Cossacks. Uh, I think much better than what I see in, in like Europe. Like watching ambition run around on Cossacks as an example is it becomes a lot more about playing to side lanes and less about farm for the first team fight, run into the first team fight, and then the jungler just ends up doing very little in that fight. But it's much more about, like, abusing side lanes where you have a gank plank sitting or something like that. And the Cossacks can always, with Evolve R, just kind of move from brush to brush into a side lane gank. Um, Same with Jax and these kind of picks, where that made me go, okay, wow, there are certain jungle champions that can have much more impact. It's just not necessarily in the team fight itself. And maybe that's where, at least for some teams, they're too stuck in the wait 30 minutes where you don't do anything at all and then get the first team fight around Baron. And then, of course, most junglers will just end up being a frontline tank and yeah. nothing else.
1: It's funny because uh, when the split started, we actually had a read on on the meta where we were playing much more aggressive junglers uh, than other teams. Like Most teams would just play like tanks all the time. And we we tried to play more one through one comps mm-hmm. uh, where... The goal is to never actually get a team fight, <laughs> and you just <laughs> you just want to kill people on silent and pressure the sides. And I, f- from scrims, it actually worked out super well, but um, we couldn't really translate it into the stage. Yeah, yeah. And that's always the problem. Like,
2: it's really uh, hard to execute.
1: It's it's so easy to just or not easy, but it's relatively more easy to just draft late game, and then you you just play early game safe. You don't you you don't really do. Any big mistakes, and then you go into twenty minutes, and you force a Baron yep. fight, and you win the game. Yep. Uh, but playing one through one is like ten times more difficult than if you do one mistake doing this. You will just lose. So it's all about execution. Got it. The problem is not that there's not opportunities for other champions.
2: The problem is everyone in Europe is a coward and is scared of running one three one. It's hard to execute, man, and the matter does really suit the wait for late game and go Baron and then five team yeah, fight. absolutely.
0: And I cannot knock anybody for saying, "Hey, this is the safe route
2: versus this is the
0: uh, this is the high risk." i mean, unicorns tried reward. four
2: games on carries. Hey,
0: respect for the effort. It did, almost worked. Did
1: not pan out. I mean, it actually almost. Did. It actually almost worked. Like honestly, we, we got a lot of shit for uh, for how we for our draft or like why do you play carries? But, but honestly, who gave you shit for that? I mean, the, the world. Reddit? No, I mean th- I there mean, was a I lot gave him of shit. That draft was bad. The Camille Levant. But anyway, I don't I want gave- to mention names to future, right? <laughs> okay, but, okay, no, okay, okay, yeah. all right. With all due respect to all the haters, <laughs> 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 We, we or I also uh, got some flag for our draft, and um, it makes sense if you watch the game. But you also need to understand why we picked sure. this. Like, it's not like oh, suddenly you just pick carry champs only. Like, do you just want to be a carry jungler? It's Maybe not about you got
2: a giant ego now, and you want to be the the big. I character. just want to be the star. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs>
1: no, definitely I, I not. Like it's it's not like that at all. Like you, I will always pick whatever I think is the best sit- champion for the situation. And how do you, like you need to look at how do you win the game? Mm-hmm. Does picking a tank here win you the game, or does it does picking you picking Rengar here win you the game? And that is that will always be what you what you need to do. So, um, no, I'm not looking to play carries only but I want to be flexible and play both styles so Makes sense. Um, that was what we were looking for alright so
0: the next topic is the state of the league uh, I've titled this returning to normal which maybe uh, is a little BM to the teams that have been succeeding thus far but it does appear to be the standings are starting to even out some of the teams that were expected to start losing games are losing games some of the teams that were started uh, expected to be at the top and winning all the time are now starting to win a little bit more uh, so I'm curious Cold. What is your impression of the league right now? Why why are the standings starting to even out as opposed to weeks, uh, you know, one through three or one and two, where it was a complete mess? Yeah, bottom teams at the top, top teams at the bottom. Everything not what was expected.
1: So um, from the first two weeks, it was very apparent that any team in the league that drafted for more scaling were just winning games, and um, it didn't really matter what team it was. Honestly, like it was just whoever drafted for the better scaling ended up winning. And I think that's it's very apparent that all of the teams in Europe were rather bad. Uh, because <laughs> if you <laughs> if Fucking you only tra- <laughs> if you if you just draft for, for scaling all the time, then there should be a lot of openings for the for the other team in the early game. But since majority of the teams were like new teams, they didn't really have like proper setups for how to abuse the early game. So you just kind of got away with playing scaling, uh, and it it's rather sad that you just win games of draft because the enemy team can't execute what they're drafting. But that was <laughs> I, honestly that was just the, how how it looked from yeah, the yeah, outside yeah. point of view. Um, so yeah, uh, we we should have probably picked more scaling if we wanted to win some games. But um, yeah, so yeah. I, I mean, you I did th-
2: pick a lot of scaling uh, when you won
1: your first game. That's yeah, true, true. There you go. Um, Maybe we learned. I don't want to bring up. I maybe. Wanna, maybe? Yeah. Let's
0: let's let's save the unicorns of <laughs> love because we get to talk about them later. But I mean, I think it's it's interesting because I thought that maybe you would have a different perspective because you're you're you know you're playing on a team that is closer to the bottom. But mm-hmm. everybody we have talked to is like scaling is carrying bad teams. It feels like a universal agreement. But now we are seeing like F- Fnatic and G Two are starting to win more. Like the standings are starting to even up. So like, is. Are Fnatic and G2 and a lot of these teams that are in the middle now learning to play the meta better and to play against these scaling teams? Is it innovation? Why are they suddenly starting to climb up and starting to knock a lot of these teams down?
2: Oh, I think it's a mix of a lot of things. First of all, some of the teams that drafted just pure scaling week one and week two in week three kind of stepped away from it a little bit and started going for a little bit more early game uh, in, in some of their drafts, like Rocket being one of the examples here the Jace-Camille-Galio comp, uh, where it was like, wow, okay, like on paper, this is insane for like top lane snowball. You just control the top side of the map, you take over tower, Jace starts roaming. You know, this team can really snowball. Uh, they did that against Giants. The first two fights that happened in the game was Giants winning and destroying this uh, this draft. Gallo's two ulties at first were used only defensively and always resulted in, in, in someone dying from his own team. Uh, so it was like, okay... This is pretty bad, uh, and it showed a lot of weaknesses uh, in Rocket's ability to execute that kind of draft. They did come back in the game due to Joko, for some reason, being behind Rockets uh, in Rockets jungle and dying. Classic. Giving oh yeah, I don't know how many kills from that, but they didn't know To be fair,
0: he's made that same play a lot. And uh, sure. It has actually won sure, Giants a lot sure. of games. So this I'm time around, it cost Fulton. them a lot. <laughs> uh,
2: then obviously the Big Baron fight with their Jinx traps and that kind of stuff happened, and after that, Giants comp was just way better late game. So there's nothing Rocket Rocket could do to get back in the game. And that was one of the first ones where I went like, okay, this fit kind of the idea we had uh, that we discussed last week with Yamato that we're currently talking about with you now Cold as well of we were in a meta where you could just draft for late game and because of stopwatches and all these kind of things, you wouldn't get punished hard enough in the early game. And if you just got to late game, it was relatively easy to execute these big team fight comps and you could start winning games no matter who's on your team. It doesn't matter if you have perks or if you have... Uh, the worst midline in Europe. Like, suddenly you can start winning late-game fights. Uh, that, I think, one, the games are getting a little bit faster, which is a good thing. Uh, uh, there's no relic shield ready to carry, which is not a great thing. And three, uh, we started seeing teams run a little bit more in terms of early-game draft, and we saw some teams lose because they couldn't execute that kind of draft, and they should stick to just pure scaling mm-hmm. as long as they can.
0: Uh, Cold, in your impression, does this continue? Do we just continue to see a lot of those teams drop, um, assuming that the meta continues to push towards more aggressive and, and less scaling? Do we just see um, a team like Rocket, maybe even a team like Giants, both of whom have like relied, it seems like, heavily on these uh, on these scaling comps to succeed? Do we start to see them drop and see the Fanatics and the G2s rise?
1: Um, it's hard to say. I actually... It's very. I I watched a very interesting interview from Doublelift about the AD carry meta. How he thinks that the AD carry meta is actually shaping up how the how the game is played because um, it was a lot about it's. It feels so easy to just get to three items as, as an AD mm-hmm. carry, and then you play with like the the rapid fire the rapid fire IE um, mm-hmm. combos where you just outrange the the other ADs like you outrange like a Kalista or Israel or um at, at certain points also Kogma when his W is down. And that kind of shaped for more like he, he thought that shaped into the game for just team fighting and you just draft for more scaling. Um, but on the other hand you have teams in, in Korea like the, the King's own team that just draft they play like Jace, Cossacks, this kind of stuff all the time and just ec- actually execute the early game yep. perfectly um so you just get like leads everywhere and then it just snowballs and they get like 20 minute baron and then they win the game so um right now in eu uh, i think we're still the best teams in europe are still learning how to actually um, play the early games it's very difficult to to play the early game if you because one little mistake and you suddenly you need to redo all the steps you did before this in order to to either get a tower or uh, get a get a lead on, on the side or something like this. Um, that's why we, we often talk about West, Western Jays players that this is <laughs> a, a, it's a bad trend. Um, yeah, yeah. Because we actually don't execute it uh, as well as some of the Korean teams. Um, so yeah, I think it will take some time until the EU teams uh, get to the level of execute, the best possible execution level in the early game and that's why we don't that's why we see more scaling in in general and uh, i can't stress it enough that it's honestly just because we in europe are not playing at the level yep. that is required for you to play early game comps and that that's just the truth uh, and you have to just honestly you just have to like but go right, with it, you know, I, it's I, it's
2: it's how it is i 100% agree and in- and I know you say we're going to get there, but I would argue that most teams will not get there. It is, uh, it is
1: difficult. Like, last
2: year, two years ago, like we have always had a situation hmm. where we had a lot of teams who could win the early game, but then they couldn't set up for Baron properly or they couldn't execute 1-3-1 one, one, and then they would throw in the late game and the great team, let's say G2 or whatever, would just end up winning in the end. Like We've seen that so often in the West. And... Kingzone is a great example of a team who can do it. I actually saw this comment last week uh, in the Reddit thread to the podcast about how w- it's not just about playing full late game because a team like Kingzone with Khan can play early game, so then everyone else should be able to do it. Like I'm maybe changing a little bit, but it's roughly like in that kind of style. But Khan and Kingzone right now are the exception. They are not the rule by any means. No. Because they are so insanely good at playing this style. He's the best carry top laner in the world. You cannot expect Rocket with their lineup, completely fresh, new players put together, still learning, to be able to copy what Kingzone is doing and then get even close to the same result. Which is why, for most Western teams, if you can play late game, there is just less things that can make you lose the game. Because you're not on the timer, first of all, because you have the timer in your favor, uh, and grouping as five and forcing a team fight is easier than trying to set up a perfect one one-three-one with all the steps required to do that. So, I, I, that's why, like, there are teams in Europe right now who are winning games based on on late game comps, but they obviously have still got to execute it properly and win the team fight. So I'm not, I don't want to take any credit for them saying they're playing bad. But they are winning right now because they are better at playing late game comps than certain other teams are. And that's great. And But it is easier to play than the King's Zone early game style.
0: And I'm just waiting for the day where someone will transition their scrim performance to stage and play the all out aggressive diving towers before
1: stopwatch is even available composition.
0: But until. That's then, LPL, baby. But
1: it, it, it as much as you can say, like, oh, you just play full early game and scrim and just destroy the enemy. This actually doesn't happen as much as it, as it is in the past, because Good news now, for like, if, you, <laughs> if you're planning to just play full scaling on stage, you might as well play it in practice and <laughs> see how it goes, you know? So, yeah. Whoa!
2: <laughs> Did practice you say something you that play made on sense stage? in practice in Europe? No.
1: That's amazing. I mean, I can only talk for unicorns as a team, True. and we definitely... Uh, we try out different things, um, and playing scaling in scrim can be rather tough because uh, there are a lot more kills. So um, early game might be a little bit more rough <laughs> than, than it actually is on stage, uh, but it's 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 fun to try different stuff. I I'm still under the impression that if you are, if you want to be the best team, mm-hmm. and I think this is something this is a phrase that I hear maybe a little bit too much like. We just want to be the best. Like we, yeah, we, yeah. we want to be able to compete against anyone. You need to be able to execute early game comps, and uh, it's probably the hardest part of League of Legends at the moment. Like if you draft like this, executing this is ten times harder. Just an inch.
2: No, no. I just want to. I just want to say, like, I agree with you, and I just want to give praise to Misfits there.
1: Yeah, I, I think the the team in Europe that actually does this the best is probably Vitality at the moment. Yeah, like them, they. Too. Uh, from watching the first game they played where they were playing they were playing Rice and Jace, I think. Yeah. Rice and, the chain and gang to mm-hmm. top Where yep. they, they are so playing early game is a lot about how you manage your waves. And they were actually constantly like pushing pushing mid into yep. setting up top wave into dive and then actually snowballing the game. So that I thought that was pretty impressive by, by them. And, and then
2: Misfits at Worlds.
1: Mistfisted also Worlds. showed
2: really good early game and ability to snowball. So some Western it's teams fu- can do it. S- it's gonna happen.
1: I mean, <laughs> it. Hopefully, it will happen. That, that's all I can say. If you wanna be, if you wanna compete against the best Korean teams, this needs to be uh, something you can do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Our next topic, Cold. It's been a while since we've talked to you formally. Uh, yeah. About kind of about your life and your career. So talk to us a little bit about the off season. I know we're pretty far away from that now, but. Yeah. Talk, what was your offseason like? I mean, all of Splice is now scattered to the wind, except for Kabi, the remaining, yeah. the remaining player. He's still there, but uh, talk to me about like the process. What happened for you in the offseason? season? The boys what was that like? Up.
2: Yeah, the boys. Why didn't... drama? Uh, was it a girl? Did she break the team <laughs> apart?
1: Uh, no, I mean, so uh, I think it was. It was pretty clear to everyone around uh, that since we failed in the summer um, and didn't qualify for Worlds, something had to change and for me and the rest of the guys it was very apparent that we needed to try something new it was uh, going into the offseason it was not like holy moly we everyone's just gonna split up and mm-hmm. we're gonna end on uh, teams around like everyone was just looking at their options and see what they wanted to do and um, I think for me I um, I went into the offseason uh, rather different than some of the other guys uh, I I went to some people know I went to Brazil for, for one month just to work on myself and I saw I saw the constant stream
0: of Instagram stories of you exercising and you mean literally work on yourself because this is yeah. I mean worked
2: it, out all the time what, is, what is your Instagram what is your Instagram tell the yeah, viewers so they can check bit. it out
1: Instagram uh, slash cold official there you um, go if you want to see hot naked dude he, he got slightly, ripped He got slightly ripped. naked <laughs> pictures of me anyway um, keep going yeah <laughs> It's pretty hard to go back <laughs> into
0: it after that. Well, you went to Brazil. Went to Brazil. Personal growth
1: yeah. and uh, so it, physical strengthening. So it might look like you're only working out, but honestly, it was a lot more than that. It was about like mentally preparing for uh, this year, and uh, I wanted to kind of, I kind, I kind of wanted to fix myself before looking at what I wanted to do. So for me, it wasn't just clear that I wanted to keep playing. Uh, I didn't even know because. Uh, last year was very hard to me and i I lost a lot of like the joy of playing mm-hmm. um, but it was very clear to me after like two two three weeks in Bristol that for me uh, I really miss at that point I already started missing playing and just uh, doing what I do so uh, I knew I would get back into into playing and I wanted to find a home for me where um I could kind of get the 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 joy of playing back and so I had like different offers, um, it's, off-season is... Give, give us a few. Uh, I mean, so I got I got a lot of different offers in, in Europe and then uh, as some might, might have also known that uh, there were a, at least rumors about me going to C9 and uh, I, I got an offer from them. But it was, it's, it's, off-season is also is super weird because you kind of just need to go with what feels the best for you in, in your stomach. Um, and Sinan gave me gave me a deal that uh, was it, I, it wasn't sure if I would be playing at first like mm. yeah, I could be playing on a six man roster or I could uh, uh, right like it was unsure what was what was the what mm. was gonna happen to me and in the moment that just didn't feel right to me like I wanted to I wanted to make sure that I got on a team where I could get the joy back like me sitting on a bench. Yeah, honestly yeah, yeah. Yep. in the in the state of where i was it, it was just not great for me like sure like i think nine if if i got this offer one year ago uh, when after afterworlds uh, last year i would have taken the offer anytime but it just didn't feel like the right thing to me um so i i, t- I took the i took the offer from from unicorns and it's very hard for it's very hard to know beforehand how it's going to go like it was up in there like um, it's so you just kind of just go with 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 what you have and I'm um, regardless of how it looks like, like right now we obviously at the bottom of the table but I'm very happy with just how everyone is just willing to put in the work this is something that is very different from my past in, in splice where people just sit and play solo queue and not actually discuss what what we're doing and what we're doing wrong here we have like long meetings about what we need to fix. We are very clear to each other like we are straightforward you know if, if there's some stuff going on that is not working out you you are straight up with each other and mm-hmm. and everyone can take that where in the past that was not really the case so uh, regardless of the situation I'm pretty happy with my decision.
2: And I guess like you talk now about long review sessions like that's probably a lot of sheepy setting that up and kind of enforcing that as a coach Right.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, so, she has very high expectations from everyone on the team to put in the work, um, to not only improve on yourself but also make sure that you bring up things that can help everyone and uh, uh, everyone on the team improve. Uh, so, we definitely do a lot of like discussion about like, for example, we have just this week we we watched our game against vitality and it was very apparent that we didn't know how to properly set up burn mm. and so we we, we sat down uh, we studied how other teams set up burn the the best teams around around the globe like how, how do they set up uh, burn and everyone in the past when i would bring this up on, on splice everyone was doing that thing you know like play more solo queue or didn't really actually go into depth of like, how do you actually do this? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of steps you need to follow and everyone needs to know what they're doing in order for you to set it up properly. And um, everyone was involved here in the discussion and we actually, I think we spent like three, four hours just watching replays of other teams and talking about how we should do it. uh, What is the best way for us to do it? So um, just, just these kind of moments makes, Makes me very happy uh, as a as a team teammate in 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 unicorns because we, regardless of of the situation we put in, we put in the work for at least the possibility to actually become a good team uh, where that was. Yeah yeah it's Different. good i think it's good to hear about the mentality and i'm curious because this isn't something we always get to talk about a lot
0: but when you identify something like your baron setup is an issue and you figure out from you know from watching other teams like you said mm-hmm. h- how to do it better how long do you think it takes to kind of implement something like that into your actual on-stage gameplay because i mean teams have been setting a baron for for years right but it feels mm-hmm. like every time a new roster is formed this is still like still an issue and obviously it's complicated and it's kind of difficult but how long do you think in your experience from the past does it usually take for a team to like implement a, a change as big as bearing control
1: um so it's i think it varies a lot from like between two to four weeks uh for it to be at the level where you can actually see clear difference um and it it's it's a lot about just how much work you put in like do you every so from my point of view, you need to every every day when you wake up and you go into a new scrim, you need to remind yourself what what are you actually working on uh, today. And um, so you want to put extra emphasis on on the things that you're lacking. And eventually, if you start having some good, if you start having like s- super good uh, practice, then and you actually execute in practice, it just comes natural on stage. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> and. Uh, so it's hard to say, like, how, how how fast will it go? Like, I don't know. It's very specific <laughs> to the teams. It's interesting because I don't want to get into
2: this whole scrim versus stage thing again because it's always a discussion to take. That's I
1: don't so, want to go there either.
2: Yeah, there's so many things with
0: it. but <laughs> Scrims aren't stage for it, whatever reason. In it's general, not, it's just like, not the same.
2: like, with Baron setups, just in general, like, so often because in practice, like, one thing I hear about Korean teams a lot, and I don't know if this is 100% Confirm anything but i just keep hearing this over and over is how a korean team in scrims is is practicing like scenarios and not necessarily just winning the game like winning the mm. game doesn't matter in a scrim instead it's like we need to get to 20 minutes uh and when we hit 20 minutes all we're practicing is just barren setup and like we need to constantly talk about all the steps we need to do to do this and like do it multiple times over multiple weeks of scrims and just like Really get it stuck in our brain, like push lane, move in for vision, reset, do it again, these kind of things. Um, where I've always felt like, with a lot of like European teams or Western teams in general, like, a scrim would get to the point where you reach twenty minutes and you want to say, "Let's practice Baron." And it's already over. And then it's already <laughs> over, or you are up like ten K yeah, gold. Yeah, like, oh, we start Baron. Oh, the game was, like,
0: was kill all five yeah, and then still and take like, Baron.
2: Good setup, boys. Good setup. And we you didn't it. actually learn anything there, so it gets really difficult to practice some of those late game scenarios. Um, but that's like I, I'm really happy to hear this change because I felt like Unicons of Love before you joined and before this lineup mm-hmm. was stuck in playing more or less the same style for like two years mm-hmm. where any player we talked to or any game we watched it was if we don't 100 percent know what we want to do now we group five mid and we run at the enemy team and, uh, and it, it became is, a meme as
1: well yeah like, i mean i i brought it up myself like this t- when i when i when i ever i played against unicorns in the past it was always like just careful they were running down mid at 20 and then you just need to be ready and then and it happened. It happened. Um, and it was, but, to be in their defense, very
2: successful. No yeah, matter yeah. how
0: many times, to- enemy teams would always run mid to try to 5v5 them for some reason and get caught off guard.
2: It just like felt me. like that kind of team would not be... I mean, I don't know if they did, but they didn't seem like the team who said, okay... What else is it we actually need to be better at if we want to be the best team in Europe? You know, Mm. if we want to go to Worlds, which they've still not been able to. So this sounds like a change.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I I think this is definitely true. Like in the past, that was how um, they were playing the game. And I think it's not only... It was... To some extent, obviously, Chibi is the coach. But Uh uh, to some extent, I think it was also the players enforcing this. Um, And I think... Just from talking with with Shippy and some of the other guys that had been on the team, uh, definitely is not something that they just. This is some we just run it down just to run it down. You know, like they they actually had a lot of thought process around like why you do it, and um, they definitely learned a lot from these times about how to play the map and uh, just macro in general. That like even for me as as someone that has been in the scene for a long time and played on different teams, I suddenly started learning a lot of new things about macro that i uh, had no clue about beforehand mm-hmm. so and and it's funny because like uh, talking about parents setup uh, it can be very to, it might seem very simple but since you have played on so many different teams where you do it differently every time it takes really long time for you as a new team uh, in general to just be on the same page about how you want to do it like it's it, if one guy is like we need to do this way and then the other guy is like we need to do it this way the yeah. like, do this way. like yeah. where do you go from this you know someone needs to compromise and uh, that's why teams in in Europe right now because most teams are new teams need to find that that that's sweet spot you know where mm-hmm. you, you we do it this way and then everyone knows it and that's why it, it takes it, it will take time and it's the same for us so is this the end of the the 5 man group mid team
0: five for whatever reason it looks different it does look different now but mm-hmm. are, are is this are you the harbinger of, of the new unicorns here cold <laughs> is this is no longer no. Or is it going to be 131 one every game now
1: uh definitely not like we we will we will just try to play league of legends the best possible way if if in the current situ- in the current uh situation you need to run it down as 5 and mid then you run it down as five as mid. If you need to play one through one, you need to play one through one. It's mm-hmm. it's very simple, honestly. You just need to look at what look at the state of the game you're playing, and then you then every, everything should be natural if you have the knowledge. If you say that and then we're in a one 3 one meta, and you guys run five down mid, I'm gonna blast
0: you for that. <laughs> hey, <though>. sometimes <laughs> that is the answer against one three one is to groove
2: mid and get mid control. But I, I've definitely seen a change. Uh, we had this was a big talking point coming into week one of like was it. The players, like Visi Chachi and Hilasang. Zerze, these mm. guys were now gone, or was it more like sheepy style of like, this is how unicorns are supposed to play. And mm. I think we've already seen now that there are less kills in unicorns games. Mm. It's it's not group five mid at any chance possible.
1: It's slightly more boring. Sorry. It's,
2: yeah, there, it is a little bit more slow paced. So there's definitely a different identity and different style being mm. being built now for unicorns, which I think is a good thing for the organization to kind of try and take it a step further. Because obviously the goal for unicorns it 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 has to be go to worlds like yeah. I mean, they've still not so managed close. to do it and and when you've been that close you've already been in a final I guess mm. maybe first step is win EU LCS and then second step is is go to worlds but uh, this lineup in general I look at this lineup and mm. I looked at it coming into it and I didn't look at a lineup where I said mm, yes these guys are fighting for first place uh, now obviously I know it's hard for you as a player on the team to. Kind of sit and and, and say, yeah, you know, yeah, no, we we suck, you know, we can't do anything. But uh, I'm not saying he's, <laughs> the team sucks, but um, no, it's hard for you to admit that yeah. you're terrible. <laughs> no. Well put, deficient. Okay, well that's put. not what I meant. That's <laughs> not what I meant. But uh, when I look at this lineup, I, I see a team where I think compared to some of the other rosters in terms of raw talent, mm. you guys are going to be outmatched. Do you agree
1: mm. or um, to some extent? I think that's that's fair to say. Um, I. So initially joining the team, we obviously have like a, a guy like White Knight who hasn't played in, in LCS before and he... Oh, season three, baby. 80K, yeah, baby. I mean, he's <laughs> a top laner he hasn't played. So it's funny because like um, you would think that he's like a guy with like insane knowledge yeah, about the yeah. game because he had played forever. But as as much as I had things to learn, uh, he also has a lot of things to learn. Um, and... Uh, it kind of goes for everyone, and then on top of this we are playing with with Totoro, which uh who in the start his right. english was um let's just say it was not as as good as um some of of if it was a European guy yeah mm-hmm. um, so not as good as it needed to be, yes, so it it i knew if, i knew from the start it doesn't matter like um you can be the five best players, but if the communication and the the knowledge is not there yeah. at the start then it, it doesn't <clears> really matter and so I knew from the start this was gonna be a project that takes some time for us to to get there but um honestly you at this point we 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 still we are still on the on the transition into getting getting together and be on the same page all the time and it, I think by maybe in like two three weeks we will be playing at a way higher level and I see every week like we slowly get better it's not it's not a fast pace it's not as fast as i would have hoped but it it's as as long as i can see improvement every week then i'm happy because then we're doing something right and uh maybe it's not gonna be in time for for uh, maybe it's not gonna be fast enough for for this split to Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. be at the top but then we already are building something for 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 summer but like so this is not like short term we just need to be good like right away like there's no way when when it's a whole new team and, and communication needs to be uh, on point. Who's the star player in Unicorn to love? Right now? Yeah. I'm going to pick one. Only one? Yeah. Only one. I would say it's either uh, Exile or Samox.
2: Good. All right.
0: Oh, well, I was going to ask something else, but I think this is a good point to transition. So let's talk about Exile. Now, uh, community perception, and I would say to a certain degree broadcast perception, is yeah. that this guy is... Been underperforming and continues to underperform uh, as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Now there was a bit of redemption uh, in the form of you know first blood and a pretty good rise game. Although to be fair, rise has been in his champion pool for a while. But in the past, when we brought up exile, kind of as a weak point, um, there's basically the people flaming him to the point where they say he's like should be benched immediately, which I don't think is fair. And then there's the opposite side, which is the people supporting him, which is. Uh, which you recently did an interview, uh, and and to be fair, Sheepy has done in the past, where you'll say things like, "Hey, it's not his fault. We know that he's dying, but sometimes the information isn't being relayed correctly. There are some small problems." So, I would just love to have like a pretty candid discussion about Exile. Like, what is this guy good at? What do you see in him as a mid laner to like that that would say makes him a star? And what what are the weaknesses, right? Because I mean, we can. It's easy for us as as a broadcaster, I think, as a spectator, to see when he makes big mistakes.
1: But it's maybe harder to see some of the successes or what you guys see behind the scenes? Mm. Um, So, initially when I joined the team, I was actually pretty impressed by Excel how he was just thinking about the game and what he was bringing to the table. Uh, In terms of... I mean, we all know, like, watching him, sometimes he he plays way too aggressive and Uh then he gets punished for it. Uh, And obviously that is never a great thing like you 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 would probably you would probably rather be on the other side where you are taking less risk but he he as a as a player is like he really wants to like push his limits all the time which i i uh, maybe i'm i'm more on the on the other side where i don't push myself too much sometimes so i think we we are together we are both learning from each other where we can find like a middle middle ground where we we play on 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 the good side of the edge, uh, if, mm-hmm. if if so to speak. Uh, but generally, he brings like a lot of game knowledge, and I think that's why GP has always praised him a lot because he his understanding of like wave management and his understanding of macro in general is far superior to other mid laners that uh, that I've worked with. Okay. Um, and that is that is something he brings to the table that that even I can learn from a lot. Uh, and then I think if we watched Exile in the past, like if you go back like two years or one and a half year, then you you would actually see a guy with super good mechanics playing against some of the best best players in the world that like IEM, stuff like this, and doing completely fine and um, playing at a high level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think for him, it's, it's more about that... When the community, when I've tried it myself, like, when the community goes hard on a guy, like, this guy's playing like shit, like, why is he even an LCS, like, this guy is just boosted, then you start doubting yourself, kind of, and you start kind of start questioning your ability as, as a player where you need to mentally, like, regain confidence in yourself. And I, I, I didn't talk, like, super deep with him about, like, how, what he's thinking or what... Maybe uh, you should... I mean, sure, sure, maybe, uh, but uh, we have we have talked about it. It's not, but not on on like a super deep level. Okay. Yeah, um, not like on a how are you feeling emotionally level, like on yeah. A, I, I mean, playing the game. Uh, so I think it's a lot about at the moment. It's a lot about regaining the confidence, and I see it actually slowly getting back to him. Like mm-hmm. I think he's playing uh, way better this split than he than he did last split, and I'm I'm just trying to help him to uh, become the player that I know he can be. See, it's really interesting to me because you talk about
0: like lacking confidence being an issue, and I, I think you know that would be a struggle for a lot of players. But normally, when when you hear about a player lacking confidence, they usually play like really back mm-hmm. and really defensive, and they don't try for aggressive plays. But what I see from Exile, if if what you're describing and some of the problems are a result of confidence, is that he's being really, really over aggressive, right? And that's not necessarily something I would have expected. Do you think he's trying to overcompensate for? for his own I mean because I don't I, I don't understand because that doesn't it doesn't 100% add up to me is I yeah. guess what I'm saying because if you told me because it looks like he's playing cocky right but you're playing me He, you're telling me that he's playing with a lack of confidence
1: so what's the what's the divide there it, it's hard I don't want I don't really want to want to judge on it too much because I I honestly don't know we, uh, we need but,
2: to have this discussion with him
1: but uh, oh yeah I mean yeah and I'm just but curious from what I know from what I know like working with him it's very much about that he wants to just he thinks sometimes he can like let's say he's going into a 1v2 and then he 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 thinks that he can take it mm-hmm. but maybe he will get outplayed or something but so uh, i don't even know if it's if it's a uh, it's something with confidence because he seem when when we play uh, especially on some of his comfort champions he's very much playing on the edge all the time because he knows he can and yeah. um i i think right now it's it's as much as people want want unicorns to be like, oh, we we just watch uh, unicorns because we want to see uh, exile feet or whatever. Like th- right now, there are, we have far bigger problems than uh, like this is a we, we want to play as a team and it's I don't care if if uh, one death or anything like this it's it's it doesn't change the outcome of the game in my opinion. It, it's how you want to play as a team and you need to support each other. So if he wants to play super aggressive. Then I need to do it. I do it. I need to do it myself too. So we support each other. And that we need to be on the same page. And then if we do this, then I think he can be playing at a high level.
2: Because when, when, I, when I think about XL and the way he plays, I try and sometimes compare him, compare him to caps mm-hmm. in terms of uh, really aggressive, uh, always looking to be at the edge, take that extra trade. If it's a 1v2. He's ready to take it. He doesn't back away. Uh, And both players from what it looks like from the outside can sometimes struggle to decide when should I take this trade? Mm. When should I take the 1v2? Because a lot of times if you have the pressure and you force a 1v2 by just stepping away, your team on the other side of the map will have a numbers advantage and probably make something happen. And then you don't have to risk dying as an example. Mm. Uh, But the difference is caps... A lot, um, uh, Caps manages to succeed with a lot more of his aggressive plays. Uh, If we look at last split especially, but also start of this split compared to Exile. So obviously as a viewer, you see two players on the edge fighting, you see one player succeeding more often than the other. And then obviously you look at the, the guy who's not succeeding and saying, why is he doing this? This is bad, now he died. This was unnecessary because there have been examples from this split where he takes a trade at level four in like a minion wave of six minions. And he just starts trading and he ends up having to go back to base early on against Mm. Schalke, an example here. Uh, And these kind of trades are where they were unnecessary. And I think for Exile, I like his mechanics. I 100% believe in his uh, knowledge of the macro part as well. Because when I see him in a side lane, he does know what to do. Mm. Uh, If this guy can remove especially mainly in the early game, these unnecessary risks he's taking, which are very rarely paying off right now. Uh, it's like he takes a, a 30, instead of taking a 80-20, he takes a 20-80. Mm. And if everything goes perfect with the 20, he might get something out of it, but it might just be him forcing a potion or forcing someone back in lane. Yeah. And that's the reward is not great enough to go for that play. And that's I think if he can remove that part of his game, he's actually gonna be good.
1: Yeah, I just wanna say this is, um, since I'm a very straightforward guy, uh, I already like discussed all of this with him and we are working together to help each other to find a middle way where we can get, without taking too much risk, Mm -hmm. but you can still get advantages because he actually really wants to get advantages like he he don't he he doesn't just wanna like most some mid laners they just wanna sit back and farm and don't utilize every wave and stuff like this like uh, this is something that he had told me as well that you every mid wave that comes in you can actually utilize to get something and um, in the past when I for example when I played uh, with Senkux we didn't really utilize it that well like we were playing we're we're probably playing more on the uh, on the too passive side, where Exile yeah. is playing on the on the too aggressive side. Uh, and uh, for me, it's just about understanding why he's why he does the things he does. And mm-hmm. he always has, regardless of how 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 ugly it might look, he always has an explanation of why he sure. why he's doing it. And uh, to some extent, it makes sense. But I agree that like he he needs to find a, a middle way, and it's something we're working on. So I'm I'm not really I'm not a concerned about it at all. Like. I see, I see the positives and in his play and and his his work in in a, in a daily and that is far superior to some of the negatives.
2: Could be comeback player of the split if he does fix some of those issues.
1: Be excited to see. Could be unicorns fans will be
0: excited as well. All right, now it's time for everybody's favorite section. League Power Rankings. Now, as a reminder, this is us ranking the power of teams following week three, who we think is the strongest team coming into week four. Not trying to predict who's going to be on top, just who we think has the most raw power at the moment. In week two, uh, we looked across the board and we said, First place was Vitality. Second place was Misfits. Third place was Giants. Fourth place was Schalke. Fifth place was Rocket. Sixth place was Fnatic. Seventh place was Splice. Eighth place was G2. Ninth place was H2K. And tenth place was Unicorns of Love. We did a little better this time, Deficio. Yeah, I think last time we were completely wrong. And to compare to the current standings, the actual standings. Give it a run through for all you guys at home. Team Vitality currently at five and one, sole possession of first place. There is a two-way tie for second between Giants Gaming and Misfits at four and two. And then a massive, massive of a tie for all the 3-3 three, three teams. I'll just list them off. Uh, Shocker No Fear, Fnatic, G2 Esports, Splice, and Team Rock Hat. And a two-way tie for ninth place, H2K Gaming, and Unicorns of Love. So we were partially correct, but now... We got Vitality First right there. But now... We get to come into this week. Now, in the past, we've gone 10th to 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can do that again. We can go 1st to 10th, however you want to approach it. But I think since you're here, Cold, I want to ask you, are Unicorns of Love still in 10th place in your mind?
1: I mean, you need to look at the facts. And obviously, <laughs> last last week, we we beat H2K. So yes, that's true. There's definitely gonna be a change up in the bottom of the of the ranking, in, in my opinion. So um,
0: I feel like that's a, in, that's a compelling argument. So are you are we, nine and ten are pretty easy. Nine and ten are pretty easy. Would you agree? So tenth place for anyone who doesn't understand H2K.
1: Yes. Yes. Definitely was a good time to bring me uh, bring me on the on the show? Just <laughs> we were
0: waiting for the one win before we could bring you on. We're like, he
2: must win at some point. We
0: want. We like it when you smile and laugh, have a good time. We want you to be able to say something good about the team. And I appreciate that. Ninth place, baby. Let's go. Okay, so unicorns eleven ninth place. I think that's fair. I Yummy. mean, it's,
1: you 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 need to look at the the results that we we. I mean, the games we have played, and I think so far we haven't shown a better performance on ninth place. So. Uh, I think it's completely fair. I agree. Now it gets exciting though because... because this is where we enter
0: the everybody's 3-3 three, three, and who do we actually think is stronger. So does mm. anyone have an argument
1: for who they think should be in 8th place?
2: I personally want to put Rocket as number 8.
1: I think I would probably do the same.
2: You're oh,
1: I thought sp- you were going to disagree with the way you were setting up being like... Yeah, hmm. no. <laughs> is, there, is there anyone else that's close? Because
0: to me, Splice also feels a potential contender for 8th. So f- they play late game really
1: well. Yeah. Uh, Splice is super weird because um, I actually expected this team to play way, be- way better than they are uh, doing right now. Um, but they have very clear weaknesses in the early game through just raw laning phase. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not sure why. Uh, and I think it's apparent that they're also kind of abusing the fact that teams are not really yes. punishing this well enough. Uh, and just... Picking more scaling and we see this like double... Last week we saw the the double AD carry with Cillian and just, just obnoxious as hell to play against. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to play against that. That's super annoying, especially in the later stage of the game. So uh, they're kind of weird. They're, they're, their mid and late game seems decent, solid. Like they don't do a lot of mistakes. Uh, but the early game is definitely a big weakness for them. Even when we played against them, it was... Yeah. You felt no pressure playing against them in the early stages of the game. And um mm. I, I think other teams can abuse this more against them. That's why
2: like I it's kind of seven and eight of splice versus rocket, mm. the way the way I, I see it right that. now. I, I think G2 are not far above it. Uh, I definitely don't think they're out of the woods yet, but they showed much, much better late game for what we've seen before, which was the biggest weakness. Um so for me with Rocket. The moment I start watching them play none, uh, the moment they start having the draft that doesn't outscale the other team, which means some of the drafts from this week, from week three, I just started seeing some problems, some weaknesses from them in, in the actual execution of these more like early to mid-game drafts, um, which obviously does concern me a bit. They could literally go back this week and just play full late game again and they could definitely start picking up uh, wins. But overall... It's Rocket or Splice.
1: I mean, imagine, imagine, uh, imagine Splice doing the same draft as as Rocket. How how would that? Turn yeah, out? no, I think they would lose so, as well. Then I think the, it's very it's very close. Mm. Like for now, I would probably put Rocket on eighth and Splice on seven. But I think these both teams have very clear weaknesses that they mm. need to overcome to it's, get higher understanding. Yeah, it's
0: really hard for me because I want to credit Rocket for trying new things and pushing things oh, and they did course. show some, I mean it wasn't enough coordination to, to you know, really uh, pull out anything impressive with the the early to mid game composition but at the same time it was...
1: Like Rocket should definitely learn more from last week than, than Splice did from just watching their games because Splice was doing the same thing that they did the prior week where Rocket was trying something new that uh, mm-hmm. obviously didn't work out but... Almost uh, did,
2: almost.
1: Yeah. A lot of times when you try out something new, uh, especially something you—they probably worked on this in, in the practice during the week and then played it on stage. And then you can actually, you should go down after and s- you can look yeah. at the game and be like, "We we didn't do this correct in the game. We need to fix this and this for in order to make this happen." So. All right. Uh, put them in. Yeah. Put them in. Round 8th, Spice seventh. I think that's... that's yeah. Cool. I
0: don't think... There's no way you can, like, ban out Splice's late-game strategy, right? So it's not like... Not r- in it's, this not like, meta. it's not a weakness that they need to play towards But, like, no. I mean,
2: Misfits could have played the Baron setups much better to actually close out the game earlier uh, yeah. than they did uh, before they got super So, But I think Rocket
1: Splice, 8-7. Splice seemed like the more solid mid- and late-game team, and that has a lot to... Uh, mm-hmm. It's important in a mid- and late-game kind of meta, isn't it? Yeah. It's- <laughs> Which is <laughs> it's now... Rough,
2: ooh, now we're then looking at
1: yeah, so, uh,
0: just a reminder, what we have left, we have G2, we have Fnatic, we have Schalke. Are we bringing Giants down a notch? They're currently tied for second technically. Are we bringing Misfits down a notch? Who's who's taking sixth place? Is it, Deficio, you were saying uh, G2, they're not out of the woodworks yet. Are you, is that your assertion for sixth place at this point?
2: I need to be careful, I don't always overhype Schalke because I have this habit of just putting them above everything else. Yeah, and then everything. you predicted else.
0: them. And then you uh, went against your prediction on broadcast. I'm aware of
2: that. And then you lost. I did, so I obviously should get flamed for that, and that's fine. <laughs> uh, trust me, the Schalke members already reached out to flame me uh, for predicting <laughs> Giants to win. Um, so, I, man, I think the top six now is super difficult because, again, the gap from 5-6 down to 7-8 is not big, which is obviously mm-hmm. obviously we in the standings as well. But G2, Fnatic, or Schalke...
1: It's an exciting time in US, yes, honestly, because so many teams are so close, and you, on any given day, these teams you're gonna rank now, they could beat each other, and yes. th- that's the exciting part about the league uh, for me at least right now. And I think even even we, even though we are currently ranked as the ninth best team, we can also uh, show up and win against any given team if we if we play good. You might disagree, but that's no, no, just no, my no, opinion. No, 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 it's so, best of one as well, man. Exactly. Always so always chance for upset. It's so hard to judge. I, personally, I would probably rank um, either uh, G two or or the starter team. Fnatic, Fnatic. Schalke. Schalke. I would probably Giant. put G two at the at the bottom uh, of Agree. those three right now. Um, but all of these teams uh, are like. Fighting it out, it's so yeah. it's so hard. It's
2: so Fn- hard. Fnatic is also so up and down right now. Um, I love the Aurelion soul. I think he's such a good pick, especially in a slow meta where you can really punish uh, mid game hard. Uh, obviously, stopwatching these kind of things makes tower dives a little bit more difficult, but you can play around that and just tower dive I mean, the second roll time. A level two, man. Yeah, and like you can just he can roll multiple times. So that's like you go down the first time, you get the stopwatch. You go around the second time, like which is actually what Fnatic did. So. Ah, this groove is so annoying. Okay,
0: here's the deal. We all agree 4-5-6 is some
1: order of G2 Fnatic shell kick, yes? Yes. Currently, okay. Giants, I would, do I we would agree probably, I would probably put Giants in there as well. In that. I prefer what? to put Giants slightly above them,
2: just based on having actually showed good late games consistently. Yeah, fair. Uh, which I can't save these three teams. And Now you're <laughs> making it
1: more complicated. We have to agree on who's going to go six. So 6th place... Make a call. From what we've seen so far, I would put G2 and then I would put Schalke 5th and Fnatic 4th.
2: All right. Um, I I think it's really difficult. Uh, I can see Schalke above Fnatic right there, but I think Schalke have also shown inconsistencies. So I think putting Schalke number 5 for now and Fnatic slightly above them is okay. This right. will 100% change for next Locking. week. This will for sure change. <laughs> uh, Fnatic there. And then I think third place is Giants. I think they mm. are right now, from what I we've mean, seen, based on these three weeks, they've shown more consistent late games, great synergy between the players, and Ruin is playing like an absolute beast in the top lane. So I think Giants, for me, gets third.
1: Mm. It's crazy I think- to think that this was a team that people predicted to be at the, the bottom of the ranking, but it's... It's honestly exciting to yeah. to to and watch uh, a team like this just perform, and I think it's it's definitely a team that has just performed way way uh, mm-hmm. past their expectations, and I don't think that just stops right away. like yeah. they are they have a m- momentum right now that they can bring to yeah. to the to the stage and they seem to be very confident about themselves and how they play. so definitely a team to watch out for. And that's not even a prediction I'd take back, because I put them at the bottom as well. But, like,
0: you look at that roster on paper, you do not think it's going to do much. But the fact that they have, as you said, exceeded all expectations with a roster that did not on paper look strong whatsoever yep. is, is actually really cool to watch.
2: I mean, the meta fits them really well at the moment, and, and they are obviously riding uh, on that wave uh, for now. And until we have a change in the meta, we can't really say... That they're not gonna continue being a top team.
1: And usually, uh, usually I see a lot of praise for like Ruin uh, on top, and obviously he's playing super well right now. Uh, probably one of the best performing tops. But I think what what I look at uh, when I when I see this this team play is actually they have solid uh, shot calling. I think yes. And I, I'm not sure if who who is doing it from from what I from what I think it's it's mostly from from Steelberg and Joko, and they work together in the past as well. So they they look especially Steelberg looks like he's doing a lot of good rotations as an AD like getting tower rotating around uh, getting more towers they're very good at mm. playing for towers and making calls good lane swaps. best lane swapping yeah. team right exactly. now exactly and i think um I, I think this has to be Steelberg making these calls because i don't see i don't want to take anything away from him but i don't think it's tagamas making the 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 rotation calls for for the team so um he's dealing damage
2: day, on the brand though
1: Exactly, but uh, <laughs> I think a lot of praise uh, a lot of praise should go to Steelback if he's the the guy who is doing these calls because it it's, looks to work out for them
2: and talk to them.
0: And it's a cool shift. And I agree, we should figure out who's actually making these calls because they have been really clean, especially on the lane swaps. And if it is Steelback stepping up, it's pretty exciting. But number two, number one. Now, are we going to follow standings here at this point? Put Misfits second and Vitality first, or is there some contention around who's actually
2: number one? I think Vitality. Should be number one. Um, I still, I absolutely still love the way they're playing the game. Uh, they are so confident. They're forcing plays, even when they have scaling in the draft. They're able to find advantages uh, that other teams are not trying to to get right now. Uh, they're definitely not just sitting back and waiting thirty minutes. At one game where they played super passive, and that was against Giants, uh, where they had great late game uh, draft and Giants didn't go barren against them. Um, that obviously ended up meaning Vitality could win late game team fights and they executed that style as well. So I think for now they deserve to keep the number one spot uh, mm-hmm. on our power ranking and I expect them to keep winning this week as well.
1: I definitely agree that Vitality is, I said it before, Vitality is the team in Europe that plays the best in the early game. I think they somehow always find advantages uh, even sometimes when they shouldn't. So, um i think this will keep going there there are a bunch of of alpha guys that just show dominance on the rift <laughs> as i as i call it and um when it works out for them it it's it kind of empowers them uh, and it's it's super cool to to watch and from playing against them it was it was hard uh because they they just go in your face kind of and uh you need to be ready for it it it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of of the old unicorn style where you're just like in your f- in your face um, and showing dominance but
2: I guess I never looked at the old unicorns <laughs> as a bunch of
1: alphas but <laughs> that's the, I, I biggest, get, that's I the get, biggest difference I get it in game I get but it in-game. if you have if you have watched Hülisang uh, uh, in the past where he just like without even being stronger he just walks, walks runs it uh, down yeah, and yeah, just yeah, shows yeah. dominance that's what like, I think true,
2: true.
1: That, right. that's at least my uh, my yeah, take yeah. on it uh, I like it but I'm still questioning it a little bit on on Vitality's macro understanding in in the mid and late game. I haven't I haven't seen anything from them that I'm like blown away. Like they're just playing perfect macro. It's more it's more just getting getting early leads and yeah. then winning over. Just like Jisuke getting really strong or Kabo um, on like a split pusher or something like this. I want to see them uh, play different styles than this uh, and showcase that they can. Also perfect that rather than just snowballing through the early game. I think a lot of people want to see more, but for
0: now, they're crushing it. Whatever they're doing, it's working out incredibly well. So they're going to be in first place. One final run-through of our power rankings. Vitality in first. Misfits in second. Giants in third. Fnatic in fourth. Schalke in fifth. G2 in sixth. Although we should note that both... Everyone has agreed that that could change at a moment's notice. It's super contested there between 4, 5, and 6. Seventh place is Splice. Eighth place is Rock Hat. Ninth place is Unicorns of Love. Moving up one spot in the standings. Positive, positive trend right there. Let's go, baby. <laughs> That's the progression trashy or cold was talking about. I'm going to make that mistake all year. All right, and H2K, of course, in 10th place for this week's uh, power rankings. All right, time for our final segment of the show. It is Quick Shots, our quick fire prediction segment. So how this is going to work is I'm going to say go. After listing a matchup, you're going to tell me who wins it. As an update on the scoring, Deficio lost last week to Yamato Kevin! And should have lost worse because he changed his prediction no. on broadcast. <laughs> but Deficio got six. Yamato got seven. So if we tally the total scores, Deficio is at 11. Guess or at 11. So, Cole, you can be the turning point. You can pull ahead. I I mean, or you can lose really badly. There's no
1: way I lose to
0: Deficio, let's oh, be honest. Oh, oh. let's see, All baby. Right. I'm ready. We'll jump into it. First matchup is H2K versus Splice. Go. Splice. All right. Next matchup is Rocket versus Vitality. Go. Vitality. Vitality.
2: Damn, now, now we're just saying the same.
0: All right. Next matchup is Giants versus Misfits. Go. Misfits. Misfits. Next matchup is Fnatic versus Unicorns. Go. Fnatic. Unicorns. Oh! There it is. There's a change. Be pretty bm pretty good to consider your own <laughs> team. Uh, next one is G2 versus Shalka. Shalka. I think G2. Ooh. 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 Alright, get the differences here. And the power ranking. Vitality versus splice. Go. Vitality. Vitality. All right. H2K versus Shalka. Go. Shalka. Rock versus Misfits. Go.
2: Misfits.
0: Fanatic versus Giants. Go. Giants. Fanatic. Oh. Spicy.
2: Last yeah. one. Unicorns of Love versus G2. Go. G2. You all. All right. We got like four or five different ones. This might be way. We, we will go 2-0 this week. I'm actually smelling t- 10 out of 10 for me. Uh, you which, said that last week. Which sadly means so for Unicorns, ex- it will be zero two 2 this week.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, okay. You guys got a tough schedule, um, though. So how about pick a, pick a Unicorns of Love matchup, yeah. cold, and tell me why you win it and why Deficio is wrong. So you guys are playing against Fnatic and G2 this week. I'd argue Ooh. that's a tough week. But tell me, uh, how, how do you
1: take down, let's say, Fnatic? I mean, we have already seen what, what happens to Caps when the enemy jungler sits in his lane, so, I mean... But he's I, listening
2: to this podcast right now.
1: I think it's it's very apparent that the it's going to be simple and uh, the victory is going to be ours.
2: That's interesting. That's that's very interesting.
1: Uh, A rebuttal, sir?
2: We already talked about how Caps and Exile in some ways have similar play styles. I mm-hmm. just feel like Caps is doing it better right now. The luck- and,
1: the luckier mid-wellman.
2: Uh Also, uh, what happened last week was Nuna was picked by Broxa. And mm-hmm. Broxa went mid lane. Pretty often. And from time to time, Fnatic realized that going mid for caps is, in fact, really smart because he's a really good player. And if you play around him, he can win his lane really I was, hard.
1: I was actually rather disappointed by the Nuno because normally what I see is Nunu go spellbook. And then in the mid game, you change your summoners to the Disco Nuno and then uh, you just run it down. Uh, and I, I, do I was that. expecting that. <laughs> yes, that's true. Like it's he a, did not it's do a it. rare okay. strategy that I, I pull out myself. but. but
2: I, Fnatic will win mid with Brox and, a- and Caps together and then also they will have superior late game team fighting because Reckless is joining the team now and playing team fights. All
1: right, now as is podcast But What I, what I, would, say okay. though, what right. I would say though is that, I mean, in, in, ULS just, uh, in, the, in the first couple of weeks, weeks here, we know that the underdog is always going to win, so, I mean, All right. I, I know oh. I know what's happening. We
2: need a bet here.
1: I like it. Yeah, okay, so this is the bet part.
0: Now, <laughs> Um, normally, this is minimum stakes for a Euphoria bet is you have to publicly apologize on Twitter and call them either the best player analyst, whatever, uh, and as it's you two going toe-to-toe again, but is there any way we can raise the stakes? You're both Danish. I presumably you both love Pulza and Faxsacondi.
2: Okay, okay. Uh, of we're me. getting we're getting somewhere <laughs> so uh, so what? lay it down the winner gets a a box of Foxy Condi from the loser 24 cans
1: sounds good to me sounds good to me box I like of- I like some Foxy Condi you gotta order
2: it obviously down here to get it I yeah.
1: mean, you gotta get it here somehow right yeah, yeah. alright Foxy Condi we'll, 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 we'll find a way alright there will be
0: a way alright right. All Foxy Condi and a public declaration that the other person is the best whether it's player or Analyst. Is is it a Lord bet? It's not a
2: Lord Uh, bet. Not yet. (laughs) Maybe for playoffs. Yeah,
0: maybe (laughs) for playoffs. But we don't want to. It's week to week predictions and best of one. We're not going to give anyone a Lord (laughs) bet for best of two predictions. Not quite yet.
1: That would be crazy, though. (laughs) That would be cool. I I I still need to call
2: out uh, or say that Yamada Cannon is the greatest coach of all time. And uh, Perk still has to say that we're the best. He did. He did tweet it. He did? He did tweet. uh, He decided to tweet in the middle of the night,
0: but he did tweet it. Oh, I'm going to find it and retweet it. All right. Fantastic (laughs) day. I did not know that. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us here on Euphoria. Uh, Thank you, of course, Cold, for joining us. It's been a wonderful time. I wish you the best in your joint improvement, you and Exile and the rest of Unicorns versus the world.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, we're working hard, and we are grinding so uh, I think it's just about time for uh, it, it will it will slowly we will slowly get there and all it, right. it takes time but I'm confident in in my teammates get it all right for all those of you listening if you're watching on YouTube we're also available on
0: SoundCloud now every week we are also adding new platforms as frequently as we can Spotify and iTunes are on the way uh so Find us wherever you find your podcast normally, and until
2: then... We should probably learn to say that in the start. Yeah, you've already you listened. You know, you've already listened Guess to the what? There's thing. different options.
0: <laughs> Go <laughs> listen again. Thank you for listening to the entire thing. Next week, you can listen on a different platform. Mix it up every week. Which, until which then, platform is better, though? I don't know. I don't want to... Dis- discri- I, uh, I don't know. Let us know what you think. Which platform is better? Until then, we'll talk to you guys next week.